0: All of us are struggling at some point in our life. Everyone we see seems to be doing something significant in whatever field they work. Everyone seems happy and content, but a lot happens behind the scenes that we don't see uh, happening online. If you are struggling or feeling lost, then make sure that you speak with those who are close to you. Drop a message, went out or do anything, but don't leave yourself alone. Hey everyone, welcome to Daily Passenger Responsible Travel Podcast. Please make sure that you have subscribed to the platform on whichever platform you are listening, whether it is Spotify, it is Google Podcast, it is Hubhopper. With the progress of the episodes, I have realized that a lot of my guests are going to be the ones who are either living in the mountains or have been there at some point of time. A couple of these guests are going to be from Dharanshala, because I've spent a lot of time there and made some really good friends. Our today's guest is a big fan of my writing. Uh, No, uh, I am a big fan of her writing. She's a teacher, a baker, a writer and obviously a traveler. Her anecdotes on her day-to-day life, on what actually goes on when you move to the mountains are really interesting and eye-opening. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce you Guys with Nidhi and most probably Sky, whose expert opinions you may get to hear in the background.
1: Hi Nidhi, how are you? Hello, I'm doing good, thank you. So Nidhi, before I start this, I would like to ask something. Jo Vere Dimagma Capitan Channel Ray. It was not part of this podcast question, but I'm like I should ask. So there is a internet where there is a battle going on between YouTube and TikTok. What side do you stand on, boy? Why? why? You have to answer this, or the earth will stop rotating.
2: <laughs> I have. I am not a, uh, a TikTok user, uh, and all the TikTok uh, data, like all the TikTok videos I come across, is on Instagram. So I can't <laughs> really vote for TikTok here. Like YouTube is. I'm old school, yeah, and YouTube is old school. It has to win hands down. This is not even a competition, Anshul. It's not <laughs> TikTok doesn't but however, having said that, I there are a surge of people who are saying TikTok is going to gain a lot of prominence and help out with businesses and all. I don't I don't know if I can disagree with them, but YouTube wins hands down. I mean it's uh-huh. You economy.
1: should you should actually download TikTok and post thai Ke videos. You get a lot of content. Jodhar. Dogs on Haram court, you should them yeah.
2: I've, I've seen all the TikTok videos that I've seen on Instagram, are all, all of them are dog related. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: couple of them were uploaded by me as <laughs> well. <laughs> uh. So, well, now we should come to a topic. Uh, mm-hmm. So, life right in mountain is a dream for many. Like, so many around us, they will be like, I want to leave my 9 to 5 job and move to mountains so, pretty place like McLeod Grange what has been your experience with this life and now that you, you have been here for around two years
2: uh, in dharamshala for more almost three years but in the mountains for five ah right
1: including arunachal hmm. so how has your experience so far with this life what is the reality is there any reality check you would like to give to our listeners
2: yeah it, there's a lot of glorification around you know living in the mountains which i understand And I don't know, I'm like, you know, for the fear of sounding pretentious when I say this, but it's true, I didn't choose this life, this life chose me in the sense that when I moved uh, first to Arunachal and then to Himachal, I had never planned on actually continuing to live in either of the places Mm. or in the mountains specifically, you know. Uh, And it was also at a time when it wasn't, you know, the mountains are calling was not, was not out there on social media everywhere. Mm. But, uh, the life here is greener. Grass is greener here. And so I understand why there's this, you know, why it's such a dream life for so many. Mm. Uh, but it's, for me, like, for me and for everyone else here, I think, if I can speak on their behalf, it's been a, 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 an equal set of struggles, until. Like, it's not easy, first of all, to live a lifestyle that is absolutely different, like 100% different from the lifestyle you've grown up living. So, there's so many habits that you've formed, you have to break. That's all of that and it is mental, mentally, you know, pressuring sometimes and that happens subconsciously. The outside is so beautiful that you're able to live with it. Besides that, there's a general life. You know, life here is old school and I don't want to sound like I'm romanticizing it. When I say, Ki, um, you know, in the winters, we don't have power for days or... I'm still way more privileged than some of the like you know the villagers who born and raised here you know I still have a geezer in my bathroom many don't right but mm-hmm. even then like we don't have power we don't have water on our taps. so yes. for me life has been a roller coaster ride in the mountains. it's not the you know the ideal utopic life but it's been worth it is what I'll say
1: and and I like to add that uh uh, if you don't know how to cook, then don't move to mountains because it's from my personal experience, yeah.
2: not not just cook actually, you know a lot. Of, you have to live there in a lot of things, washing <laughs> machines and stuff
1: like that. <laughs> uh, like, uh, when you have to walk for like uh one kilometer away from your home. Mm. Then it's uh, you realize that no, my life is a <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: पे, पे if you are hungry, if you don't have a kitchen, so now we have a kitchen, but for a long time when I moved there, we didn't have a kitchen, but if you are hungry at 9am, you have to eat banana and sleep, because if it is closed, it is there is thing. no home delivery, yeah. there is no, there is nothing open really. Hmm. So you, you get used to it. You yes. get used to not living without, with, you know, convenience. Yes. But,
1: but, uh, my introduction to responsible travel and zero waste uh, movement and, uh, plastic free life came, started from Dalajala. So that is one credit that I like to give it to the mountains, that a lot is Absolutely. changing there. Uh, Like, uh, uh, I also like to add that Dharamshala and Beer have a uh, very small but impactful zero-waste community uh, growing over here. Uh, There are hostels, bakeries, cafes that are recycling, tetra packs, reusing, upcycling. It personally makes me really happy because five years back when I started working with waste warriors over there, then I used to uh, feel that there is no hope in uh, whatever we are doing. But now there is a whole uh, group of like aware people over there.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and uh, a lot of these people are have come from outside and they are ad- actually educating the locals that why they should, uh, uh, the, like uh, use less plastic and use, uh, don't, no, not to use straw and add a water refilling station mm-hmm. at their cafes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: This is, this is basically like we are all kind of unraveling the consequences of what we brought. I mean, if you essentially look at the villages, go back before plastic. These villages weren't, you know, using plastic or these villages. You know, there's a system of, for example, burning waste in many huh. villages. Uh-huh. And that that was prevalent and it made sense because they were not ever burning plastic, because there was no plastic. Huh. Plastic is something that came, not completely, but to a large extent as a result of con- like consumer increase and in tourism in these villages. But yeah, but there's also, there's certainly like, in the mountains, I feel, when you live here, you are closer to the source of everything and the outcome of it. In the sense that, you look at the food that is on your plate, you watch it growing. Yes. And at the same time, if you are throwing something, it's sad when I say this, but in the city it blends in. Someone will come and take my trash, I have no idea what's happening to it. Ah. Or even if it's somewhere on the road, it just blends in. here. It's, if you find one packet, no, lying somewhere in the middle of a field or the jungle, it's hmm. going to stand out. And it stares hmm. you, you know, like stares at you. <laughs> so, hmm. pe apne se hai ki, Why? Why would you want to, you know, ruin that balance? You know, you have to if you want to sustain yourself here, you have to make sure you live sustainably basically. Hmm
1: and now that now that we were speaking of bakeries and zero waste and all so Nidhi launched her bakery yesterday and uh, mm-hmm. the day before yesterday and uh, yesterday. she has, she has a we she
2: had has,
1: a day late so it was <laughs> yesterday uh, that's why that's why you missed up on the, tomorrow's session mm-hmm. we were supposed to record yesterday but <laughs> we are doing yeah yesterday. yeah
2: yeah exactly everything <laughs> got pushed by a day <laughs>
1: uh, so she, she has uh, she has always had a very zero waste style of making her product whether it's art or food. So, congrats Nindi, wish you the best for your new venture.
2: Thank you so much. Would
1: you like to share something about it?
2: Two things. Uh, I'll actually, since you mentioned that that whole style of using zero waste, I'll actually come to where where I got it from. I used to teach kindergarten in Arunachal. Hmm. And uh, trust me, believe it or not, it it was three years old three year olds that taught me how easy it was to just pick up absolutely anything and turn mm-hmm. it into something useful instead of going out and buying something again and again mm-hmm. and uh, like deep stuff like using uh, egg trays as bookshelves or or shoe racks or you know there's a very very common practice all over uh, Dharamshala i've noticed where people use um you know, milk boxes and ah, packaging ah, material, ah, you buying tel- separate tel- packaging tel- stuff tel- like tel- that. Ah. Yeah, and one of the reasons that, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to start something of my own was to be able to freely use, like put my ideas into action, if I could say. Mm. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm an illustrator as well. So, both in the illustrations and in what we cook
0: mm. or what
2: I bake, Mm -hmm. For me, what was important was that the principles that I stand by is, you know, people all my life have pointed their fingers at me and said, you're an idealist. I wanted that ideal to come actually to, you know, life. Mm -hmm. And I have seen it coming. I have seen that it is very possible. Takes a little bit of effort, but it is very possible to, you know, reuse when you can and stuff. The uh, cafe is built on the same principle, not just with respect to waste, but also with respect to the idea of food, you know, looking at uh, sustainability, how I know it's not always possible. Very honestly, I my body rather idealistic. I know it's not always possible, but to the best of our capacity, sourcing locally, you know, sourcing from my neighbor, who's a farmer, instead of sourcing from something that travels all across the country, for example. You know, so that, that's an example of sustainability that we try to apply in the cafe. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, a lot of other examples. For takeaways, we are constantly encouraging people to bring their own boxes. Our food is, um, centered around locals, you know, our experiences in, in this place. So it's, but it's a I mean, it's not a of
1: Mm -hmm. Ah, And uh, I hope that apply uh, our uh, ideals
2: basically.
1: And I hope that uh, um, successful uh and uh, it inspires others to follow the same thing. (laughs) I like to I like to record another episode once your cafe is like uh, started in full (laughs) uh, in a full fledged way. Yeah, yeah. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you have traveled a lot and not like Mm -hmm. typical social media travelers. So share a little about your background and your travel inspiration. Where did it came from? and how did you manage to stay on road or stay in the hills for so long?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, My travel inspiration is essentially my brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was, he's 14 years older to me. So when I was a toddler, Mm -hmm. uh, we had a backpacker in the family that was him. And this I'm talking about in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a backpack first of all. I knew what a backpack was when I was that young. And I would watch him, you know, pick it up. My mother's always encouraged us to do that. Mm And, uh, I would watch him and it's, it's not like, it was a very budget traveling scene only because I don't come off from like, you know, a uber rich family. Mm. But it was awesome watching him, uh, take those steps as a young teenager. As a very, very young toddler, it left a very, very strong impression in my mind. Um, when I grew older and yes, this, there was no, you know, Instagram, um, mm. There was Instagram, but there, nobody was using it when I ah, started traveling. Same, to same, same place. year, same year. Huh. And uh, what really pushed me to travel was the fact that I spent uh, three years in Delhi in college and uh, walked out of that city very traumatized <laughs> uh, because it was a culture shock for me.
0: Hmm.
2: And uh, multiple harrowing experiences, but what ended up happening is that I was very fearful and uh, I wouldn't trust strangers hmm. at all. And I'm not really sure what what told me that I should travel for this, but it was a very impromptu decision that one day I decided that if I really need to break out of this year, I need to go out. Even though I used to live by myself, ever since I've been 17, I've been out of home. But even then, very different, you know, from uh, putting yourself in an uncertain position, is very different from living by yourself. So, that's why I decided to travel. And uh I've had many, many funny experiences. My entire backpack has been stolen once in Hampi. I'm sitting in the middle of a police station at, you know, twelve o'clock in the night figuring out how to, you know, move past that. Mm. Um I have kept I've kept coming to the Dhara- M- and every year, ever since I first came here six years ago. And that has taught me a lot. So there's a lot of pl- good experiences, bad experiences, but one thing that stands out to me because I used to travel when there was no social media, is the unpredictability of it. You know, like, Abhi sab kuch hai, dikhta hai. At that time, to me, it was truly uncertain. Huh. I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea. You know, there were no bucket lists. There were no, um, you know, these are the b- best cafes. Which is nice. It's nice to know all of that. Hmm. But at the same time, that sense of unpredictability was really cool. And also, I feel, you know, you take pictures more for memories than aesthetics, hmm. when when there is no social media around, you know, that's yes. yes,
1: yes, yes. Yeah. You have now lived in two different sides of Himalayas, uh, Arunachal mm-hmm. and Himachal. Uh, how life is different at both places, in your opinion?
2: I moved to both places uh, for different purposes and that, uh, you know, that paints the picture I have of both these places very differently. In Arunachal, I was a full-time teacher. I moved there for a job. Of course, the, the fact that it was in the mountains did, you know, allure me too, but my main purpose was there as a teacher. But if I was to and here I moved as a traveler and, you know, I so I've had much more freedom uh, in a different sense, you know, to uh, look at things here than I have had over there. But if I were to look at the lifestyles in both these places, um, then I would say uh, I, I I lived in a place called Jamsegatchal near Lumla uh, near the Tawang in the Tawang region basically, and if I were to describe you know the villages around it it would be what you know Dharamkot used to be uh, 20 30 years ago you know the way tourism has impacted this place in Himachal both positively and negatively there's a lot of positive things i will never complain about wi-fi again in my life after living there without it uh, and stuff like that mm. but the idea of uh development is very different in these two places right. over there we didn't have uh, television we didn't have mobile phone networks uh, because it was in the military area so bhutan was two hours away and Tibet was four hours away so it was the military would often cut off network which was and bsnl was the only network there which <laughs> mm. So, life was very different, there. मतलब, you have, everybody says these things, you have to be present in the moment and, you know, take in the present moment. life was like that, it was very slow, it taught you 100% that you have nothing in control in front of nature. Mm. No matter all the money you have, no matter all the resources you have, if nature decides, that your plan isn't working out today, then your plan isn't working out today. Marshall, on the other hand, it's uh, somewhere in between, you know, the spectrum of uh, Arunachal and city. Hmm. It's the best of both worlds, also, if you could say. Pizza milta hai chahiye to, banana hai to bhi milta hai pidja ka hmm. <laughs> like, privilege hai yaha kaafi ha, ha, Privilege, both um, relative cheez there. So for the life I lived in the city, I would say hey, there's so many you know things and struggles that I have to go through here, but nothing compares to the life over there. Also, the sleep at night it is absolutely silent. Like there's a different kind of peace in in Arunachal. Like I won't complain about this place, but that that that's <laughs> a different different thing altogether. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, travel gives a unique perspective to those who want to gain one. Nidhi mm-hmm. also has a small art studio where she creates beautiful postcards on recycled paper, along with diaries and a couple of more, uh, uh, couple of more things. Uh, so, would you like to share something about your work?
2: Yeah, I, um, I started illustrating out of no choice, really. Like I'll be very honest here. <laughs> I, I have no background in art. I used to teach. Art to kids and i used to doodle uh as you know as uh, in the various other jobs i had or in class i've always doodled and when i moved here we i worked in a hostel for almost a year Mm -hmm. and then before that i was a freelance writer Mm -hmm. and uh, before my job and after my job the world of freelancing changed because when i had started out it was people were seeking out for more freelancers and all of a sudden a year later it was the most Cutthroat competitive market out there, hmm. to be fun, And uh, as much as the joy that I find in writing, and I still do freelance pieces, uh, sometimes, but, uh, I realized that I was making a lot of art anyway. And people had actually started approaching me. You know, I would like to buy, like, say I would make a piece and I would put it up and somebody would ask me, how much is this for? Can I please buy this? And as someone who never sold art that Came as a lot of validation to me, you know. I was also going through a very difficult time mentally. Mm. And uh, the art then project, now pretty much half of my profession, came to me as, you know, catharsis from, from the mental health issues I've had. You know, I started working, it was, I started getting back into you know like a profession proper profession again what i do is i do hand illustrations i don't work digitally but of late i have started turning my illustrations into digital art so they can be printed and uh, i started from mandalas but eventually i used to draw a lot of memories hmm. of my own and then now most of my work is related to drawing memory so people send pictures to me and i recreate some of them or I uh kind of try to recreate or reimagine the life that I have around me in the mountains and put that down on paper. Uh There's a place in uh, McLeodgunj, which is a recycled paper factory. And uh, they have been of uh, immense help because I try to source my paper from there. And uh, it's, again, like I said about in terms of the cafe, it's just that is also a practice, you know, like trying to put my ideas into use there. Hmm. Um, I make paper, paper, postcards, cards, diaries, um, bookmarks. Postcards by far are the most sold out ones. And it gives me so much joy to know that people, you know, in this technological world, people are still open to sending out letters and
1: mm-hmm. postcards. Yeah, exactly. Like I
2: totally root for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 have, I have sent you one or two, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we have already like started talking about COVID. So uh, travel industry has been hit by it very badly. Hostels, mm-hmm. hostels are shut. Cafes are closed. So uh, like, how is life on your side of world right now? I our
2: entire livelihood, you know, local tourists, uh, tourists as in outsider. I'm still an outsider really, no matter how long I live mm-hmm. here, I can't compare myself to a local
1: Digital all design.
2: of our livelihoods, most of them depend on tourists. And um yes the virus hasn't reached us physically directly, but the impact has been quite bad. Right. And uh in in our daily life, you know, it's like off season, it's like an extended winter. Because I see that it's much worse for many, many places around, even the non-tourism places, right? Mm. So for us, it's like everyday life is like an extended winter. Like every year during winter, all the tourists go away and it snows a lot and there's no power sometimes and all the takeaway shops, all the restaurants are closed. The shops only open for two, three, four hours, right? Basically, that entire thing has continued through. So every day, and there's stuff, like it's... It's privileged to have a forest to walk around, you know, and so much open space. But having said that, futures have become very uncertain, you know, like none of us know, even to this, even to this time, like, we're all trying, speaking for a lot of my other friends also, we're all trying to do what we can right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, The locals also, it's in this moment, everything seems, you know, like everything will be solved, but all of our futures are very uncertain because like 100% of our livelihood is based on tourism and this is peak season, it's been peak season for two months and we've had like zero, you know, occupancy in hostels, zero tourism here.
1: Since we have been, uh, we are talking about uh, how Covid has left Dharamshallah clean and uh, there, is a, there is a fear that the plastic waste will return once will start start uh, restart mm-hmm. uh, travelling. So, mm-hmm. is responsible traveling and leaving low footprint? It is. A, is it really challenging, or like people are just lazy?
2: Both, yeah, Anshul. Like I will, I will vouch for the fact that it is a hundred percent possible to be able to be responsibly traveling. You know, it is not an excuse. Leaving there is no excuse for leaving a carbon footprint. You know, basically, mm. and. Sometimes truly it breaks my heart to say this, but sometimes people truly, because of entitlement, because of privilege, they are either not able to see it or they deliberately ignore it, hmm. and just they're lazy people everywhere, and they're just lazy about this. Uh, having said that, I will I used to be much more, you know, I used to have much more extreme opinion when it came to uh, living responsibly and sustainably. And I have come to realize that it is, it is difficult, it is difficult to, it comes with a lot of compromises and slowly, you know, there's a very famous quote, which says, we don't need 20% of the world being perfectly sustainable. We need, like, you know, 80% of the world being imperfectly sustainable. That is what, that is what the solution forward is. Hmm. I totally understand that because um, there are a lot of times there are no alternatives. Hmm. All alternatives are very expensive ah. because the system is so capitalistic. Hmm. Like for example, the, the constant, you know, tiff between beeswax wrap and the plastic wrap. I'm just using it as an example because I'm in my kitchen, you need a lot of these things, right? These hmm. are like, they're like probably four times more expensive than the amount of plastic wrap I would use. Yeah. So I have both. <laughs> I hate using plastic wrap, but I have to keep one in hand because I have an option but at the same time like and when I started off this kitchen I was so you know fervent about my zero plastic kitchen karungi and then I realized that having a zero plastic kitchen is a huge privilege and I'm putting my steps forward to it like every day if I have an option I will choose something that is and I'm using myself as an example and illustrating how it is challenging me. Really. I will choose something that is not plastic But sometimes alternatives are not possible. And so what I have realized is that for every one thing, you know, for every one carbon footprint that I leave or for every one place where I don't have an option, I am sure there are four other places where I do have an option. And over there, I choose to live sustainably. So there is no excuse here, basically. It is difficult, but we don't have an option. Like climate change is real. There is, you know, there there is no going around it. Mm-hmm. We have created the monsters we were talking about in textbooks, you know, 10 years ago. Then the future, when, when I used to read about climate change in my textbook, I used to think when I'd be 50, 60, 70 years old, you know, aisa <laughs> hoga. But that's just the case. Already it's happening. Uh. And also, secondly, I've been, given that I've been a teacher, like I feel personally responsible to constantly think about what kind of a world I want to live, live for my children. You know, what kind of a world I want them to live in. They have a higher stake at the end of the day. So, it's (laughs) hard, but it's definitely possible. And uh, one step backward, four step forward type (laughs) situation.
1: So, Nidhi, uh, with this, we'd like to end this session. Uh,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Thanks for joining us and uh, taking out your time for... uh, Thank
2: you, interview. thank you for letting me join <laughs> you.
1: <Yes. laughs> uh, to our listeners, don't forget to subscribe the podcast on whichever platform you are listening, and make sure that you tell me about your take on YouTube versus TikTok. <laughs> I,
2: I, okay, I'll honestly, I'll for you, I'll give it a try. I will <laughs> probably not download the app, but I will be more open to watching TikTok videos, and then I will give give you honest feedback. Yeah, <laughs> mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. You can also connect with Nidhi on Instagram at. Uh,
2: Nidhi Pai, n i d h i p i e and 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 our new handle for the cafes kitchen dot rain we' we're we are very new uh, to this entire system please please show your support and the uh,
1: and you can also follow her studios instagram and buy her artwork at yeah uh, that's
2: at the Class studio yeah uh, a lot of uh,
1: a lot of her earnings from uh, selling her art and uh, diaries go in donation for flood victims and uh, other disaster, so you will be uh, taking part in something nice Uh, goodbye and we will see you soon